Welcome back to another installment of Proof of Concept. Today, we'll begin by highlighting some of our favorite headlines from around the world. So, Kenan, what's going on? Hey, Alex, good to see you. Looks like you almost sw- swallowed your mic there, buddy. You might want to try. <laughs> what the that was like, Man, I had this on his chin like this. Oh. Tap tap, a love tap. Yeah, I always gotta go there. I appreciate it. Um, so Alex, I'll tell you what's going on today. I'm in. what? Come on, man. On my side of the world, what I'm always thinking about, as you can see here, I have my PSG jersey here because Messi has just been officially confirmed as a, a PSG player. And mm-hmm. again, this is not a soccer podcast. We know a lot of you maybe aren't into the beautiful game as much as we are, but we do think it is important. This is, in my opinion, Alex might beg to differ. Our generation's greatest player, changing clubs. He's played for Barcelona for his entire, I want to say, 15-year career. That's that's just an estimate on my behalf. He's been alone one club his whole life. All of a sudden, he's at Paris Saint-Germain. Obviously, me being French, I'm very happy. But more importantly, I did want to go and give everyone kind of a bird's-eye, eagle-eye view and explanation as to how this happened. And even for those of you who are really into soccer, like myself, I found it really hard to wrap my head around how the hell Barcelona let the world's greatest player leave and what factors played into this whole kind of uh, very dramatic development. So, Alex, I'm not sure, have you been following the story? Where do you kind of, it'd be great for me to kind of get your take on anything that's happened so I can kind of react and set my you know narrative accordingly. Alex, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, no, I have not been following because... Oh. Um, one Messi is not my favorite player. That would be Cristiano what? Ronaldo, um, goat. But okay. um, I mean, he's a phenomenal player, so he's one of the sure. game's best. So I was surprised, mm-hmm. um, but I did not do any extra research. I was just like, "Oh, that's strange." I'm pretty sure the messaging was, "Yeah, he'll he'll sign." You know, yes. Barca was saying he'll sign, yes. um, but obviously that's not the case. So I'm pretty dark here. Okay. Let's track this from the beginning. Sure. How did we get here? So to bring some light into darkness, how are we starting is, again, as you said, everything looked for this summer that Messi was going to re-sign his contract instead of Barcelona. For those of you who might have been paying attention to the sports headlines last year, it was actually the complete opposite situation. Messi wanted to leave really badly, and the club did not let him leave, and he almost... He was to the point of bringing the club, suing the club, and taking them to court over breach of contract. But because he said he loved the club too much to put them to court, he ended up staying uh, begrudgingly. Um, this is under the big change is that this is under the last club's management, the last board of directors, the last club presidents, who he did not like. Since then, the new, a new president was elected, one who was with him uh, when he first came into Barcelona, who his family is very close to. And this summer was the exact opposite of the situation where he really wanted to stay. He did everything in his power to stay. He took the maximum salary reduction allowed on the Spanish employment law, 50%. You can't get any loan in that. Um, he took that, and that was agreed upon in this provisional new contract. He was doing everything he could to stay. The club says in their PR statements they did everything they could to keep him. But all of a sudden, mm-hmm. as you said, mm-hmm. Alex, all of a sudden, it went to shit. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so the contract was agreed. It was all but formality. Um, 
And kind of the biggest thing to kind of set the stage here is that the Spanish league, La Liga, um, has kind of a revenue sharing agreement with the clubs. Um, but more importantly, they set you know these kind of salary limits for each club based on the total revenue for the, for the league. Now, you don't have to be a sports fan or even a soccer nerd to know that sports across the world, all sports leagues were hit really hard by COVID. Um, this, of course, uh, was really bad for La Liga, but it was especially bad for Barcelona um, because... As I, you know, I kind of just explained, the last club president, the last board directors, they were all fired from their positions because of uh, many reasons, but you know, mainly because they uh, did a severe financial mismanagement of the club in the past five years. The club currently, Barcelona, is 1.4 billion dollars in debt, um, and the root cause of that, not to get too financial here, but just just kind yeah. of you know, and since 2017, wages have gone up 50 percent as a cost. So that's been, you know, for those who are into soccer, they bought, you know, players such as Griezmann, uh, Dembele, Coutinho. They got all this money when they sold Neymar to PSG. Very ironic how this all plays out, right? Yeah. They sold Neymar, the Brazilian star Neymar to PSG, got $100 million something back in 2016-17. And instead of reinvesting into youth, young players and trying to make a profit off that money, they felt pressure to, you know, overspend and get a lot of quick, you know, uh, good players in the squad who really haven't turned out. And more importantly, I put the club in a very, very bad state financially. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alex, kind of the reason why this is such a bad thing um, is because, again, because of COVID, uh, Barcelona were way beyond their share of salary cap um, as allowed by La Liga last last season. Uh, because, you know, La Liga let them get away with it for one semester. They said, okay, usually salaries are supposed to be only, you know, maximum 70% of your revenue for a season. Um, Barcelona, I believe, were at you know upwards of like 130 percent salaries, like 130 percent of, rev- of revenues. So they were just way in the black, um, and this is just again a total mismanagement from the club. But again, the biggest thing here, I think, which is so surprising maybe to all of us, is that this is nothing nothing new. Like Barcelona, you have to put yourself right in their position. Like they knew how bad of a shape they were in. Kind of you know the new, the new, new management coming in. Can you, you can imagine right? Kind of checking the books, kind of day one, like. God damn, you've got to be kidding me. These yeah. <laughs> these guys completely tanked the squad. We have, you know, all these yeah. players are dead wood, not doing anything for our squad, and we're paying them. We paid, you know, hand over fist to not only get them in transfer fees, but now we're paying them so much a salary that we have basically no room to work with here. And how the hell are we going to keep Messi? You know, if I'm them, that's, you know, of course, my first concern. But on the outside, right, they kind of, you know, as you said, right, they kind of made it sound like, oh, Messi's going to stay. It was all... It was all but certain that he was going to resign, and they were doing everything to keep him. So the question that you know I've kind of been asking myself is, what really changed in the to make a such a, to make such a drastic turnaround? Um, so Alex, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the kind of financial side of sports. I won't get too into this. I think it's very cool. People yeah, are into business, sports business. Yeah, yeah well, come on, come on. But <laughs> you kind of I don't know if you saw this as well from ESPN. It came out a couple. It was like the day before Messi was announced as leaving. There's this big article about how there was a private equity fund who they were announced to like uh, give like a big cash injection to the Spanish league. Oh, wow. This was the day before. And Barcelona actually were against that proposal. Um, so this is kind of, again, higher up, the bigger forces at play here. Um, but the rumors are that, you know, Barcelona was against, first of all, Barcelona was against this proposal because it would cut into their uh, ability to leave the league and go into other th- other um, right. you know, potential Super League proposals. Mm-hmm. You can't forget the Super League. That's still, you know, a big, shout out to Gherky. Uh, that's still having a big play on, you know, the whole kind of sports landscape still. Um, and they were banking on not only, you know, this proposal to not go through because that would have made La Liga, you know, not have as much leverage in the situation 
and that Barcelona was really going to put pressure on them to get an exemption uh, to in order to be able to register Messi for the new season. So the whole thing is that, you know, why would the league let Messi leave? Is that bad for business? Um, it is, right? But this kind of, I know, again, we're just speculating at this point, but mm-hmm. it's bad for business for Messi to go, but the league is also, again, kind of against Barcelona now because of the whole Super League stuff. Um, the league has more leverage now that they have $300 million in private equity funding coming in. They don't really care as much about the short-term, you know, loss that Messi, you know, uh, the loss Messi will kind of, you know, incur. Um, So the day before Messi leaves, this big, you know, proposal is kind of approved, even the Barcelona voting against it. Oh, wow. And now it's, again, the league is not pressured anymore um, to have to keep him. And they they pretty much drew a hard line and said, hey, listen, like, the rules are the rules. And Barcelona was Mm -hmm. kind of counting on them to get an exemption, and they did not get it. And I think that's kind of, again, from all that's my crazy. understanding, everything I've learned about, it's not necessarily the league's fault and that, oh, the league wouldn't let us. That's, of course, that Barcelona wants to play it, right? Is that, yeah. you know, the league kind of won't let us register the player. It's a, hey, Barcelona, we're in, you know, shit financial position for this long. And, you know, you try to have this power play of, hey, like, you know, Messi is more valuable to you than, you know, than you, than you can afford to let him go. And it backfired. It didn't work out because, you know, all of a sudden yeah. they had $300 million come in the door. Um, so this is a little bit of background, Alex. I'm not sure if that helps kind of you know understand maybe you know the ba- you know the situation of how this could have happened. Um, yeah, I mean, real quick from a marketing standpoint, obviously yeah. Messi was like the face of La Liga. If you think about like advertisements, highlights, he's he was he was maybe still is the face of La Liga. But yeah. as he's going out now, um, there's a gap to fill there in terms of you know who's the next face of La Liga. So stay tuned. Yeah. We don't know could be could be um i can I have one kind of myth i just wanted to debunk before we transition out of the messy talk is just because again i know the haters that are out there i don't know if you're one of them um saying <laughs> no, oh you know messy care. messy to psg but that's the thing right it's not a it's not about the bag psg of course qatar bag is you know you ksi should. you know Q, qsi oral money to until you know to, to oh, everything yeah. but yeah, messi did not do this for money you know the thing is that you know, I've heard people say, "Oh, like if Messi, you know, loved Barcelona so much, he couldn't have played for free. Couldn't he have just, you know, he's making like <laughs> four, he's making thirty-five million euros a season with PSG. It's always about the money. Well, yes, it is always about the money. It's always a business. That'll be, you know, that's for sure. But for Messi's side of things, he couldn't have done anything else. To again, as I said earlier, he he gave to give his drop his salary fifty yeah. percent. Even in the hypothetical world where he could have played for free, it wouldn't have changed much because again. Once the league decided not to give Barcelona any special treatment, they actually couldn't register him. They can't register any new signings because they're again they're over that limit, like I mentioned. It doesn't matter if, if Messi is paying for pennies on the dollar; you still can't sign him. So I just wanted to make sure I'm defending my boy out there, Leo, because he's gonna go to the PSG, make a lot of money, as he should, by the way, as he should be. But it wasn't he didn't he didn't, he didn't choose to move because of the money. And the moral of the story yeah, today, I kids, mean, he yeah. he may have also chosen to move because of his buddy Neymar. Neymar not, definitely had a, a force to play. I don't know if you saw it. There was that Instagram picture. The timing of this yeah, is almost too yeah. funny to be true, right? Is the picture of, of Messi with all the other Paris Saint-Germain players. And he says it was all a joke. You know, it's, you know, it's all a prank, bro. <laughs> but I don't know if that's true. Yeah, but we'll more see. of the story. And then Mbappe is somewhere in the middle. He's Mbappe is there. He might be going to Real, a, as you said. He's the third he's, wheel. He's the next face. Yeah. He might. We'll see how long that lasts That for. would be hype. I'd be so hyped for that. To go to Real, you're a big Real butt boy. Um, <laughs> but listen, man, Barca is the, the, the tagline is "Masca on club," right? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know if I get that, but club. more than a club. Yeah. And 
their number one thing is no one is above the club. And what does that mean when someone tells you no one is above the club, not even messy? Mm-hmm. It's that at the end of the day, it's not personal. It's just business. And the club is the business. So that is my big takeaway um, from the whole Messi scandal. And Nick Ford was yeah. excited to hopefully see Messi play in Paris. How about you, Alex? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, quick uh, quick soccer note on that is that hmm. I'm interested to see what formation they play um, mm-hmm. with Messi now because he can operate as a false nine or something else. But um, I guess we'll stay tuned. Um, we'll see. Additionally, business-related, we have some big news that Rihanna officially – Became a billionaire. Mm. Um, wow. Uh, shout out to Bad Girl Riri. Shout out to Bad Girl Riri. You know who you are. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Drake. Drake's not there, though. Drake can talk all this shit, bro. He'd be taking care. He's not taking care of the bag, man. Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, Drake, Drake, Drake definitely put in a phone call and got declined. Or, like, what's it called when you call and, like, he doesn't even go through? <laughs> um, Wrong number. That, he, 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 he hit the text. It was that, green. Yeah. M- must change phones on the, on the team, bro. He was like. That. Man, you gotta be playing, nah. But come on. <laughs> um, and so this this news kind of makes us think, you know, how did she again? How did she get here to this spot? And so, um, obviously, many people know that in in terms of entertainment, you know, that's yeah. whether it's movies, music, that's a huge spot to kind of jumpstart your career, your personal brand, whatever. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, you know. If you look on Spotify or Apple Music or in a vinyl or in a store music store, there's mm-hmm. so many you know CDs like tracks, artists. So a large portion actually do not become billionaires. That's common knowledge, sure, right? Sure. Um, sure. But there's opportunity there to you know use the music and that content as a way to expand into other industries um, where you can actually own a slice of the pie, if you Got will. You. Um, and so you know specifically for Rihanna here's some facts she uh, <laughs> over pepper me with facts <laughs> Alex without the fact Carfax show me the Carfax show um, me the Carfax over 80% of Rihanna's net worth comes from Fenty Fenty hey, you, buy, you ever buy Fenty brand. come on man uh, I see you on the no, IG in the shopping in the little shop tab <laughs> actually Fenty. I don't I don't like shopping I don't I've never bought anything mm-hmm. on the shop tab on IG um, I think it's it, it's lame, and if you do that, um, why don't you just use Safari, like or something else? Why don't you just? But anyways, um, what's that? It's a fashion. Yeah, what's that? I'm sorry, the J Cole bar. It's a want to be on the. Yeah, no, Fashion Nova is I think another brand, but the yeah. J Cole it was on the. I told you that J Cole Twenty One Savage. Come on, that's that's a new yeah. duo, bro. You know that. Um, want to be yeah. on the spot. Trying to have every bitch want me like Rihanna dropping new Fenty, bro. Like that's Ooh, she has that brand power right? now. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's huge. Well, you know, does, um, does she own Fenty? I mean, that's is that her? Yeah, is that, is that like mean, a collab with a fashion brand? Yeah, she owns fifty uh, percent of it. Oh, um, so that's cool. I mean, that's really fun for her. Um, I don't know how hands on she is, but you know that's cool. Um, and yeah, I, 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 other parts of her kind of net worth come from her lingerie line so oh yeah you'd be uh you'd be peeping that's fun no uh, uh at the moment i i'm not buying mm-hmm. for anyone not doing any of that so no no uh, no no umbrellas and the i know no, no, <laughs> no. not that um but so so what's what's the takeaway here is that hmm. you know music again entertainment it's huge yeah. nowadays whether it's movies music sports um 
it's it's a way to kind of launch your well get your name out there sure you know build your build your name your network and then you kind of can step away from that initial entry point yeah to really build your brand so but obviously not forgetting about that first whatever it is um but you don't have to be a musician your entire life you know you can be musician then you can you know have a a fashion brand or you can be um, an athlete then you have um kind of a wellness brand whether it's like hydration or nutrition whatever um so i think you know rihanna's obviously done really well yeah um we may see others coming out other you know powerful famous individuals coming out this um same sort of progress but but yeah well we already have right it's kind of it's kind of what i've been what i've seen and i first of all just want to say it's very i think it's so awesome that you know Rihanna has and any any musician who's able to transcend music, I think that's just like to me like that's the end goal. Like that's the end game, right? Is because just kind of what I know off the music industry and how it's formatted of you have all these big labels and the big companies who, you know, if if like if they own your masters, like you're screwed. Right? So <laughs> if they own yeah. your masters, like you can't do much about it. Yeah. Um and you know, you're producing all the content, but all the ownership and equity all the sweat equity is actually people who aren't sweating at the top, right? So those are the guys who just yeah. get the collective royalty checks and you're the content creator, but you're not actually getting, seeing the return for your work. So I think that is, you know, it's unfortunate, but I think, you know, it is the reality that, you know, artists and creators and anything. And of course, you know, now we see, you know, just on a broader level, we see, you know, creators are able to take more ownership in their work now. I don't know if, you know, Patreon is kind of like that big platform <laughs> yeah, I think about Patreon. where, yeah, Patreon takes out the middleman, right? Where you're creating content yeah. and people are able to kind of, you know, pay you directly for your work. Um, music is still, I <laughs> yeah. think, too much of a big, you know, uh, box office business to not to not be like kind of how it is where you have to have three or four, literally like, there's still like gatekeepers. Yeah. There's gatekeepers because what? Who owns like every single music label? It's under what? You see the Universal Music Group, Universal. Music Group, Sony has one, Sony. and I forget the third. But all I know is that there's only like three. So that's yeah. the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Is that like... there's three music companies left in the world? They own all you know the huge catalogs. You know, not, I heard I saw a stat the other day. Ninety percent of streams on Spotify are it's like back catalog, which means like it's like music that came out like. <laughs> in the back in previous time right so yeah, these companies yeah. are just sitting on archives of streamable records <laughs> and as an artist you can't you know the game is rigged so that you can't really you're not supposed to get to that level no. and they look at like like people who have right so you have oh people say oh but Jay-Z how did he do it he's billion, Jay-Z Beyonce they like, this is kind of you know in my opinion like this is their blueprint oh that's a little double entendre yeah that's a good one shout out that's awesome that's his blueprint is leaving music and you know Jay-Z first had of course he had uh, Ciroc you know he has a, he had a vodka brand and all these little you know yeah. of course now he has Rock Nation and to see Rock Rihanna be able to follow that blueprint and make it her own and kind of you know blaze her own path in, in fashion and you know in, in, in lingerie like it's so cool um, mm-hmm. I just think I just love seeing that because that to me is like when you see artists like Kendrick as a fan you have to just always you know, I'm a huge Kendrick fan he hasn't dropped since well, 2018 at least and yeah, yeah. Rihanna has a job since 2016. These are artists that, again, I think as a fan, it's just important to say, okay, like there's a reason why they're stepping away from music. It's because one, I'm a consumer, so when I'm mm-hmm. consuming their content, I'm biased towards wanting them to produce more content. And if you actually, if you actually are a fan of somebody as a person, you should be, you know, you should be happy to see them step away from music because, again, based off the you know industry macros we just explained, that means like they're actually able now to launch into something that will be more, you know, that will build generational wealth, not just for them, mm-hmm. but for their family. And that, at the end of the day, is the name of the game. So I just thought it was cool mm-hmm. from a, 
brought a life perspective, but thank you for that. I think it's really cool oh, to yeah. see Rihanna yeah. doing her doing So, her shout out to Rihanna. She's obviously doing very well. And yeah. uh, we just love to see that. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, the other side of it is hmm. with with the fame comes a price, right? Um, Everything has a price. Is the price right? Price is right, no? <laughs> It's the. Oh. I've actually never watched that show. Me neither. Oh. Daytime, daytime TV is crazy. Have you ever, like, kind of thought about that as a cultural thing? Yeah. Daytime I, TV. I, a big thing for me is like soap operas too. Um, I never watched like soap operas. Tell but... <laughs> Well, I, those that's one subset of soap, soap operas. But yes. Um, what's it called? The Young and the Restless has used to be one. Know, yeah. Um, and and they're just so fascinating how how they just attract. Um, sometimes they attract huge viewers, and yeah. And anyways, um, once again, yeah. So, so, so fame, right? And yes, fame, and when you get, it seems like when you get fame, you know, more eyes on you, less mm-hmm. of a private life, right? All so, eyes on me. Shout oh no! Shout out to Buck. Um, he's still Machiavelli. Alive. Um, <laughs> conspiracy, theory, conspiracy theories. <laughs> a new podcast with Kenan and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a crazy. Imagine we did conspiracy theory. What if he's just? What if he's just on an island, like in the Caribbean? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You can't disprove <laughs> it, so you can't. It's just tough, but but okay. okay so but, yeah. So, Tupac so has his private life. Tupac got it. Yeah. You know, he he got the cheat code. But for the but rest some of people us, don't. A lot of people don't. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm just thinking for us regular people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's work and there's life usually. So, sure. you know, what's what's the ideal quote unquote work life balance if there is sure. one? Sure. Um, and we have we have a quote we have a quote question to start out this uh, this thing. Mm. Um, uh, what do you think? Do you want to run the question? Sure. Or? Yeah, I think we can. I'll open our our mail here. Uh, our <laughs> yeah, mailbox, our digital mail. mailbox. Open the mailbox. Thank you, mailman. Hey, Mr. Postman. Question <laughs> of the day. That's a little, little hint for you there. So, little jingle. It's a little segment jingle. We're start doing those. Um, this question of the day comes from our good, good friend of the pod, Catherine Wayback. Shout out to Quayback. I uh, hope you're doing well. Um, and Catherine's question. Montana. Big Sky, Montana. It makes big sky. Love seeing the updates, Cat. Keep sending those in. Um, so, Catherine has been telling us a little bit about you know she's working her dream job out there in montana which again love to see you know mm-hmm. great for you to be in that situation but she's kind of she kind of told us that even while she's working this dream job she's had a kind of an issue grappling with the concept of you know loving what you do because even if that she does love her job and you know she's very happy to be doing she's it come to a realization no yeah it's like you know <laughs> you even though you, you build it up in your head to be this dream job and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, work is still work. So the bigger question is, you know, even if you find what you love, you know, the quote that, you know, everyone kind of right, if you find what you love, you never work a day in your life. Agree or disagree? Is this a reasonable thing to, uh, to believe and to go after ultimately? So Alex, we'll, so, we'll start mm-hmm. off with you because I know, I think you've had some, some, <laughs> some, percolating, some percolating opinions on this one. Um, what are you yeah. feeling on this? Yeah, I mean... Like, let's step back. It's for me, mm. um, personally, I think that seeking happiness is not a great goal um, because because okay. your, def- your definition of happiness, like one, your definition of happiness is like always changing um, because it changes as you get more success. But okay. what, I, what I kind of favor is, 
and what I've learned and read is finding purpose. And okay. when you find purpose, whether that's work, whether that's um, just like hobbies, whatever, you know, the, the doing and the, and the process and the learning of that, of that work, whatever it is, um, part of it is this sense of fulfillment that -hmm. some people call Mm -hmm. happiness, but I just say fulfillment because maybe it's not the excited happiness, but, um, it's the contentness. Like you go to sleep knowing, you know, I've done good work and and work that makes me feel, uh, like I've created some value for others. So, um, it's a, it's a, it's a cute little question, but you know, I, I think it's kind of, it's stepping back. Um, so that's interesting that you took it there in terms of, you know, just trying to logically think about, like, the question kind of assumes like if you find what you love, enough work work in daily life means that you will be perpetually happy, right? So I yeah, think I agree yeah. with you on that point. That's a kind of you know to start off where we kind of again share common ground is I agree with you that you know love <laughs> even if you love what you do, that's not everything to happiness. Um, but yeah. I did want to, and I'll definitely come back to this because I think that's a, a sub you know conversation of its own. But I did want to kind of at least where I, my head took me first was starting off with okay, let me actually take a step in and just you know <laughs> from more of an intro to philosophy kind of standpoint think about you know is love mutually exclusive with not working you know so does you know just because you love something does not make it not work i think that kind of hits out to me the one of the core problems to this is that when you think of you have a dream job because i definitely know okay like my dream job is gonna be this and you know you build it up mm-hmm. in your head about you know you fall in love with the idea of that job the same way you fall in love sometimes and again not, just you know Hypothetically speaking, hey, we're not people are not doing this. Gener- generally, <laughs> objectively, shoe, if the shoe fits, you can fall in love with the idea of a job the same way you can fall in love with the idea of a person. So mm. this is again to me hinting at there's a similarity that you know going after, and maybe again you tell me if it's too far fetched. I think the parallel is true is that you know love just because you love something doesn't mean it's not going to be work because when we look at mm. marriage for example, right? Marriage, and we can. No experience. Abstractively, abstractively, right? Marriage <laughs> is, is is love, or you know, the institution yeah. of marriage. That's another argument for another day. But let's just, for the sake of this argument, an argument for the sake of this philosophical, you know, little counterpoints here. Couch, marriage is love. Couch philosophy. Couch philosophy, bro. We're back at it. Um, marriage, as I've been told, is love. Marriage, as I've also been told, is still work. So if marriage is still work, you still love the marriage. That doesn't mean that you're not willing to. And that's you know, I think that's this dose of reality and realism that. You know, hits you back down. You're in the clouds. Oh my god! You know, marriage is gonna be a dream. I'm gonna love. This. I love this person, and you know, butterflies or whatever. Everything's gonna be great. We're not gonna have like. We're yeah. not gonna disagree. Yeah. Exactly right. So it's the same thing where you know it still requires work, and this is where I agree with you that you know the trick. What I have found the closest I've gotten is you know again finding work that gives you a greater purpose that makes you know again that makes the stress worth it. So that means that again, I think this is what you're saying. Instead of you know chasing happiness and going after a goal that is, you know, always going to be in, you know, maybe, you know, a little bit out of your reach. Maybe the smarter and more realistic strategy is to accept that even if you have the best job in the world, like Catherine sounds like she has, you know, like for her, this is the best job in the world. I don't even know what your job is. I don't know. I'd love to hear. Apparently it's great. great. (laughs) I'm sure even if you have the best job that could be out there for you, it's still going to be work. And there's again, a broader economical capitalism standpoint of, (laughs) Again, anything is work is because you know. Again, I'm not. I'm not the you know the capitalist, the Marxist. You know, I don't know the, the theory of, of economy too well. We'll have to get Dan Gordon on here for that. Dan knows his shit, man. I'm telling you, Dan. 
We're coming for you, Dakota. He's the type of guy. He's the type of guy to know that. There's Dude, a- he's full of hey, three letters. PPL. Not post-project lunch. Shout out to my PPL <laughs> folks. APL. Right. Philosophical PPL problems and law. No, PPL. P- uh, lunch over politics philosophy. Lunch over law? That's a funny, <laughs> that's a funny motto. Um, but no, the thing is, again, you know. I'll take the lunch. Where I was going with is there's, you know, there's this bigger argument that anything that is considered work, right? Someone's paying you to do it means it has to have mm-hmm. some economical output to it. So okay. just, and then some people would say, if there's any economical output attached to it, there's inherently going to be some degree mm-hmm. you know, of, of unhappiness mm-hmm. of you have to do this to, to gain out. If you're making output of someone, that's going to be your input is your happiness. That mm-hmm. to me is like a very, very broad, you know, critique of capitalism, which I don't necessarily, again, I don't support. I don't know enough to 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 deflect or go against. I'm just kind of you know rephrasing my again couch philosophical um, point on yeah. that. So putting that to the side for a second, sorry that quick detour. Giving work that has greater purpose that makes the stress worth it. Being that being you know the trick for everything. The closest this kind of my personal anecdote on this is that again when when I was president of APL Gender Inclusive Services Journey last semester. Um, <laughs> Just got a quick plug. I'm keep plugging shit, bro. You know what I mean? It's like um, you just read an ad. I have the shout out. Shout to, out to shout out to Anchor uh, Anchor FM. Hey, we're we're, we're actually right now we're non profit podcast right now. We're not monetizing <laughs> this one. You know, yeah. we're just we're keeping again because we love but what still we shout do. Shout out to Anchor because Anchor. But we, uh, Alex, we love what we do, so we don't feel the need to put an economical yeah, yeah, output on it do, yet. We're just doing it because it's it's fun. <laughs> Say my bad, bro. He's trying to get the fancy bag. He's trying to be re- trying to be like Riri, bro. Riri, bad girl, Riri. Come on. Um, but for me, that was the big example of again. That job was stressful for sure. COVID did not make yeah. it any easier. Um, yeah. but we that's the closest I got. We won't name Don't names. There, there were there were particular stressors. No, but everyone was great. Had a good time. <laughs> um, that, that's yeah. You know, and I told you, but you know, the whole time it was you know, I felt pride in my work, and I felt like I had a greater purpose to the organization and to right. again, you know, we're a service community, we're doing something good, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. So that to me was the closest I've had to loving my job. Um, and something I, I know I don't want to let go of, not to be too sappy here, I don't want to let go of it because, you know, <laughs> it's easy, again, I think Catherine's point is, you know, as a lot of people our age are going into the workforce, into the you know, into our careers, you're being told to settle for, hey, this is your day nine to five, this is what it's going to be, and find some fulfillment in it, but even if you don't, it's your job. And you know, Catherine, not to, you know, jump around too much, but, you know, Catherine's question was more or less, you know, can you, maybe a core question of, you know, can you even love her job? Can you ever love her job? So, Alex, to clarify with you, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm getting your full perspective on this, because I know you, you, you zoomed down on this, but if I was yeah, literally asking you if it's possible, in. not in terms of happiness, because I think we, I think we hear you in terms of, even if you could love a job, it might not be the thing to aim for, but do you think it's theoretically possible to love a job? Yeah, I, I know okay. some people. Um, yes, in short, yes. You know, some people okay. you can just tell that they um, will willingly just put their heart and soul into whatever whatever it is, like teaching, um, medical service, whatever, mm-hmm. um, military service. They just they'll go all in, like no questions asked. They want to get paid. Sure, they'll go they'll go all in if they need to. Sure. So, okay, so you think it is possible, mm-hmm. but. To kind of rephrase, and another part of the question is, or I guess the extension of that question is, should you try and go after it? Is kind of you know what we've been went back and forth on in terms of it being a good mm. goal to aspire towards. And from that perspective, you're more again on the side of you can love what you do, but 
don't make it every is that is that too much yeah, of a paraphrase? I, I don't know if you should aspire to it i think if it yeah if you do love what you do it somehow comes naturally which is pretty cheesy but like hey. you know <laughs> some yeah. people naturally just they from when they were young they're like oh i'm gonna be a, once again a teacher i'm gonna be a, a scientist or whatever um, yeah didn't actually go to that and if, if it comes naturally which is all it's kind of tough to say that's yeah. great um okay. but if you i think if you force it um later on it's a bit trickier and i i would not sure i wouldn't i wouldn't tell my friend to do that to be like like you don't i would tell my buddy like you don't have to love your job like especially your first couple of jobs you don't have to yeah um because i just don't think that's a good goal um but now Mexico goal. That's you know, there's a whole, there are classes on this, or you know, there are, <laughs> that's the whole motivational class to go in the spring, right? Oh, the whole yeah. how to set your goals and what makes a good goal. Mm. Is it you know some OKR method of is it quantifiable? You know, is it actionable? <laughs> McIntyre can tell you a hundred different ways to set a goal, but mm. I think I agree with you that, and I, I get what you're saying in terms of you know, it's a similar perspective of forcing. I think it comes back to this whole thing. Your whole you know, I think initial hypothesis of some things can't be forced. Mm-hmm. And that, now I'm, I'm not trying to paraphrase you. Now I'm trying to like you know rephrase what you said and put it into <laughs> yeah, my words. And I'll yeah. put give, I'll give you an MLA footnote in the works. Don't worry, bro. I'll, I'll easy bib. Hey, you ever go on easy bib? You ever get that easy bib, bro? Uh, no, what's that? Easy bib, quick advert. Dude, imagine if we had an easy bib advertisement. That would have been crazy. Definitely we would have killed all you guys with the, the commercial bib. breaks, man. Okay, <laughs> easy bib. This, 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 uh, that was like that was like the, the go to uh, place to get your sources. It was like a Citations? kind of a citation generator thing. I used some money like early on because I had to mm-hmm. learn. I had a class there like you will learn the format like without mm-hmm. the generator. We were like, what the fuck? But um, okay, Easy Bib. Okay, shout out to Easy Bib. Use <laughs> promo code KBAP for five free in insight in text citations. <laughs> um, but, okay, so I'm gonna cite you on this, great, but great, again, yeah. saying that love, love what you do on its own doesn't isn't the full equation in terms of happiness. Yeah, to cite another source. I'm gonna put you. You're you're my first source on the in my work cited, and right there below you, Alex, is your favorite congresswoman. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a political podcast. Don't even try to put us in this political. Uh, don't even try to do it. I'm not even. A we are a lifestyle podcast. I'm not even. A- AOC like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez <laughs> from my soon to be home, New York City, New York, um, New, York New York. So yeah. AOC, Alex, real quick. Listen, man, I don't I don't appreciate you giving. Yeah, listen, I'm not saying I'm a I'm a. <laughs> I'm not the AOC. I'm not the AOC uh, stan. The, I'm not. You're obviously a fan of the squad. I'm a fan a of her story, man. Okay, I can't again. Objectively, key <laughs> no, word of the week cool. being objectively. Just, yeah, it's a cool story, right? I just Where, my 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 gripe is I don't believe that people should like idolize politicians. For sure, that's a fair point, and we're not gonna yeah. go down that because I agree with you fully. Um, just again, yeah, her that, story that's, of that's a note for the listeners at home taking notes. Okay, take that down. Okay, if you want to believe in a person. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand people. That's why politicians are who they are, right? We need a society. Society needs to galvanize around individuals to believe in people in order to have you know bigger connections. That's another again mm-hmm. deep maybe political point that we're not here to make. But what I did want to say is shout out to AOC for her not just her story of you know coming from again three years ago she was bartending in New York, and now of course she's one of the most notable and most impactful maybe you could say uh, <laughs> oh, congress yeah, sure. uh, congresswoman. And even Congress, you know, Congresspersons in general. Um, the reason why I pulled the AOC is this: someone asked her on her IG Q and A. She's doing a little "Ask Me Anything." You know, she loves to be uh, hey, in oh, touch she, with her Gen very, Z um, natives. In terms of marketing, that's what I'm saying, man. Great job. She's doing a great they job. They had her on Twitch doing a, Among Us. 
What other like come on, bro? That's great brand yes. building. Shout out to AOC's marketing team. Shout out to great the work. team. Yes. Shout out to the team. Um, so the question to AOC on her Q&A was, would you have been satisfied being a bartender forever? And this, I have to, I thought it was a perfect tie-in for our Let's conversation word here. word for word. Get the um, word. I'll word. Bar for bar. Word for word. Bar, bar for, for bar. bar. AOC, from the source, you have to build a life beyond your job. And expecting your job to give you all your happiness isn't going to work, even when you like your work. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's more or less what you're saying alex is that do you do you accept aoc's platform now <laughs> this one this one <laughs> from one quote i will not be um what's it called like I, 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 no i'm not gonna accept her whole platform because mm-hmm. i don't know i know most of it but i haven't read it all of it so uh i'm gonna pass on yeah. that but i'm gonna to go totally agree with this quote okay um especially the the word expecting mm. expectations and reality it's so much of our gripes, dislikes, reactions to yeah. um, what we what we want to happen versus what happens. So yeah, I think she's pretty spot on. Yeah, I think she is too. And she even says right, like bartending. She saw all these people who are you know really rich, really successful, yeah. and they just weren't happy. And she saw, of course, all the time, which makes sense. Again, I think any bartender can tell you that from their you know experiences on winning on people. But I did want to kind of sum off with again you know her concluding quote here being that i think the big takeaway that i get from this is it all coming back to balance so shout out to damon trace dame for our last Trace-Dame. last episodes check out last Trace-Dame. episode 13 for yeah, kind of our initial conversation on balance everything that seems mm-hmm. we talk about on this pod comes back to balance but this all again work-life balance is about balance of course um and aoc saying even now when my life feels consumed with work it's not as happy as working to have some balance even though I love the work I do. So that to me answers it on my end that AOC loves the work she does. She's, she has a purpose, right? She's doing that great work for her. And her, again, not to be political here. In her <laughs> eyes, she's doing great work that she feels very committed to and she has a purpose. But she knows that her happiness wouldn't be the same if she wasn't doing having stuff going on outside of life, outside of work in her life. Um, so I just thought that was a great way to sum it up. And thank you to Catherine for just getting us on this little... Uh, the segue I learned a lot this week just trying to yeah. you know prepare that was, prepare this that little, was a great uh, prompt um, yeah, we, we, we really love when we get the prompts from people because mm. obviously we can think of things and put them on our little dock but uh, mm. we, we like when outside sources come in so keep the keep the thoughts coming on the IG we appreciate it thanks guys um yes thanks well, so much Alex, here we are um, look who would have thought Hey, who would have thunk? Not me. And not me. I love What's that name. Paul Rudd. With the Paul Child Rudd. <laughs> he's underrated in terms of MCU impact, like Ant Man. Um, he's a fun character. He's like a little like but little guy, you know, ant. If, if someone around. asks for my favorite um, Marvel Avenger, my favorite Avenger, I'm going yeah. Thor. I'm not going Ant Man. I'm not asking you for. He's no one's favorite. That's kind of the point. Out there, <laughs> Ant- no like, one is putting Ant Man. Comedic relief, like yes, dude. Like the thing, like yeah. Even in right, an Endgame, you're like, oh, you know, it's nice to have Ant Man kind he's, of running he's here. So cute in Endgame, yeah. His, his presence his... is very cute there. Yes, and he's really <laughs> important now to the to the to the multiverse. multiverse oh theory. yeah, the multiverse. The whole... Come on, um, I could talk about that for a while, but um, 
Next up, multiverse uh, yeah. deep dive. Just, just to tie a bow on this happiness thing, Please. you know, I was um <laughs> this happiness thing, you know, just the, <laughs> the I'm on the pursuit of that. Steve Aoki remix song. Project I X, dude. Remix. Yeah, dude, you know, kids it's these great, days don't know. You're great for spin classes. Uh, Purevelo, put that on your playlist, huh? Please. Come on, guys. Uh, He's still trying to get the tra- He's still trying to get the gig. Yeah, ever since they. No. Hey, no, no, no sweat. Hey, no, 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 no harm here. No, this didn't work out. No, it was a, it's, it was it's cool. To I'm just gonna go to cool. Soul yeah, Cycle cool. and I'll just make it with Soul Cycle and Damn. It'll be bigger platform. So, Damn. word. But anyways, um, I was uh, hmm. yeah, sure, I like that. Uh, of happiness, Dave Aoki. Um, Dude, I, I was saying real quick. I was saying yeah. Project X, great film. Mm-hmm. Kids these days, not to sound like old twenty-two year old, but kids these go. days don't boomer. know Project X. Here's I found the this. Take come on, I saw. I found this in the some qualitative research I was doing. Of I believe it was. Yeah, a young seventeen-year-old uh, focus group. Um, don't, oh, wow. you know, it's kind of came up in some of the Tinder conversations I had over throughout the year. Shout out Tinder. Yeah. We thought we'd make it through a whole episode without mentioning promo. Shout out to promo. Shout out to Coach Sari. She loves. She she loves. She does. She loves her work. We know that for sure. Shout out to Coach C. Um, Project she X is not. Vacation, they don't know it anymore. She don't take a vacations. Um, I know she doesn't. <laughs> I thought that was notable finding. Last tie-in for me. Yeah. Back to you. Happiness. What is it? Um, it's a tricky thing, isn't it? Tricky <laughs> son of a gun. Tricky, um, <laughs> slippery slope, man. Uh, this is a quote from I was looking at. Um, I don't know if you know about blue zones. They're areas mm. of the globe, regions where people tend to live longer and have happier lives, more fulfilled. I thought, that was, I, was like, I thought that was the name of Jeff Bezos' new colony on Mars, bro. Welcome to the <laughs> blue zone. Well, this is Blue Origin coming at you. Into the blue zones. No, we got Joe. We got Jeff. We got Marky Mark Bezos. Uh, we got we got ten minute prime delivery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this this quote about happiness from this blue zone mm. research I did. Mm. What's more. Ultimate happiness doesn't snap into place the minute you hit a certain birthday or achieve total blue zones living. Mm. It's built by stuff that happens along the way. So, oh, and, and that's pretty great. And that's just you know enjoying the journey, and enjoying enjoying it and embracing the journey. Yes, um, I think that's the takeaway there. Um, but to flip the script now. Um, oh. All of that great discussion we just had being said mm. to the listener, mm. you know, how are you going to define happiness, success, and the role work will play in your life going forward? Um, think on this, you know, meditate on it, um, meditate, come back meditate. to it, let mm. us know, and maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about it next time. Um, but yeah. I mean, I think that's, and I'll think about it too. And we can both think because I think it's an ongoing conversation um, mm. and it's an important one. So I think that's most of what, what I have for today. And well, um, anything else? No. Thank you guys. Thank you. Keep sending us topics. Um, yeah. Let us know your thoughts because we'd love to connect your conversation to the formats. But until then, au revoir. Bento. Ciao. Bye. Um, have a good night and